It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Here we go. We are recording. We're live. This is Kaiju Transmissions. This is Kyle Bird. I am your host. I have somebody with me. Hey everybody. It's 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 Matt. Okay. I don't I don't have a last name. I don't I don't think. Okay. Don't, he he doesn't divulge his last name. It's Parmley. Matt Parmley. That's my last name. Oh, I I thought you were just going to like be cryptic. No. Um <laughs> So, uh we are back. And as you may or may not know, uh, we have been going ape shit, haven't we? We we have been. That is, that is correct. Uh, I'm glad uh, this is the last one we're recording in this series because I'm really running out of like ape puns to do. Um, so uh, thank God uh, for those of you just tuning in. Matt and I. In celebration of a new King Kong movie coming out soon to a theater near you, we have been going through the King Kong series and various related giant gorilla movies. Um, So uh, in our journey, um, we are going to take a a little detour from Kong, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, his spiritual little brother, Before we do that, though, I should tell you that you should like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at KT underscore podcast, and write us at kaijutransmissions at gmail.com, and good fortune may come to you if you rate and leave us a review on iTunes. Right, Matt? Yeah, uh, Bird says that you'll get like paid or something, but that's that's not true. But we will we will be appreciative of of any ratings. Yes, good good or bad, good or bad. Yeah, because the people need a chance to let their voices be heard uh, about important things like podcasts. Um, so, uh, uh, as I mentioned. Um, we're we're taking a, a you know we're we're driving down the Kong Highway and oh oh this exit is, we got to take a detour and who are we gonna see we're gonna see Kong's little uh, 
how do you his uh, spiritual successor, his his little brother or cousin or whatever, um, uh, is an ape by the name of Mighty Joe Young. Uh, you ever hear of Mighty Joe Young, Matt? Mighty Joe Young, I, ha- I have actually. Ah, I saw this movie okay. as a kid. Well, that's you know I I think a lot of people probably did. Um, that's so because my mom was awesome and showed me cool movies. That is pretty sweet. I caught a lot of these on like TNT's Monster Vision and and going to video stores with my grandparents and and uh, good times. That was a long time ago. Um, so, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, uh, Mighty Joe Young, he's, uh, he's a giant ape, but he's a, he's a little guy compared to Kong. I mean, if Kong, depending on the movie, Kong usually ranges from 30 to 60 feet. Mighty Joe, he, he's more like 15 feet. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's not a freak of nature. He's just got a mild form of gigantism. Uh, which apparently is actually an explanation for him that was given in the the, the remake. Um, anyway, so um, Mighty Joe Young, let's talk about it. Um, uh, we're going to talk about the original vo- uh, movie from 1949, and we are going to talk about the remake from 1998. Um, so uh, 49... Uh, this was post World War II, uh, and it's mostly the same team behind King Kong. Um, you had uh, Ernest Shodzak directing, uh, Marion C. Cooper. You know, I mean, again, like Kong, it's kind of his baby. He's a producer and um, effects supervisor, Willis O'Brien. Um, however, um, with all the planning and everything in the production, that's where O'Brien's effects uh, uh, was usually in planning and supervising. Most of the effects and the, the stop-motion animation was made by a young Ray Harryhausen. Um, what, what? Yeah. Sorry, I had to do that. <laughs> and if you don't know Ray Harryhausen, I mean... For I mean, shame. For shame. For shame. Um, I mean, really took the art of stop motion and just elevated it to new levels throughout his, his, his career. Um, uh, and, uh, he animated about 85% of it. And then, uh, another stop motion animator named Pete Peterson, uh, who worked with O'Brien quite a bit, did a lot of the the rest of it. But um, it's mostly Harryhausen you see in there. And I'm assuming we'll talk about him, his work on this movie a lot. Um, but, uh, you know, again, screenplay by Ruth Rose, who had written King Kong and Son of Kong. Um, that was Ernest Shodzak's wife. Um, so... Uh, this is a much lighter, uh, more family-friendly big ape movie. Um, it's kind of like, uh, you know, a, a very... It's, it's, it's the softer, cuddlier King Kong. Um, and it's, it's about a, a girl whose dad uh, owns a farm in Africa. And one day, when she's home alone, she... Uh, some some 
natives walk by with a gorilla and she's like oh that's a cute gorilla here's like all my dad's stuff i'll trade you (laughs) (laughs) and then her dad gets home from work and uh he's just like now jill we can't take care of a gorilla and then she's like but please and he's like okay (laughs) he's surprised yeah yeah he's surprisingly cool about all this he's what he's a chill guy this mr young um (laughs) Anyway, flash forward. I think I think it's flashes forward twelve years, and um, uh, Jill now kind of runs the place, and Joe has grown to enormous sizes, and uh, he has gone from being played by a real baby gorilla to a big, hulking, stop motion Ray Harryhausen creature, and. Um, uh, uh, a, uh, a a showman trying to like get this new nightclub off the ground uh, is looking for uh, you know a big attraction, and uh, so he's played by Robert Armstrong, who played Denim in uh, uh, the original Kong films, and he goes to Africa, convinces them to come back and have Joe star in a, an act at this club and um that doesn't go very well because they make him do dumb shit all the time like fight <laughs> wrestlers and uh like like uh put little numbers in a like a, like a a box so he can like call someone to like win some shit and, or he he lifts pianos up and does a whole bunch of dumb stuff the giant apes don't need to be doing um and he goes on a rampage and he gets drunk he gets drunk first yeah he gets shit-faced by a bunch (laughs) of other drunkards um and goes on a rampage destroys a bunch of stuff as you know giant creatures do um and uh kill some lions yeah <laughs> kill some lions pretty violently <laughs> in fact yeah, he beats the crap out of these lions <laughs> and um uh it's uh they they rule uh to have him uh killed and they try to run away and that's that's mighty joe young um up basically the summary of the movie through the final act um so he saves a little kid from like fire in yeah. an, an orphanage yeah, and he saves and it's not enough that he just saves children from fiery graves they're orphaned children that is um, correct so if that doesn't tug on your heartstrings i don't know what does um Anyway, that's Mighty Joe Young. Uh, Matt, uh, I know I know. we both said that we'd seen this movie before and when we were younger, um, but you just rewatched it. I mean, how, how much of it did you remember? How, how much did it hold up? Um, how, how did you enjoy it? I remembered the, the ending, and I remembered the, the scene where he beat the crap out of the lions. Um, but, like, I, it's, it's a great movie, man. I really enjoyed it. It's it's uh, I mean like some of the ideas are a little dated like buying monkeys from apparently villagers just carrying monkeys around <laughs> like I, I don't know uh, where that idea came from but yeah it, well it's, like, it's a, like the king like the original King Kong I think there's a certain um, there's a certain like naive nature to it that definitely yeah that's it, true. for for some audiences um, who maybe 
aren't as like familiar with old movies it might seem dated but to me it's it's like a charming little like time capsule of of the era like um the fact that it's so like naive and i don't know it's it's got like an innocence to it you know it does and <laughs> i like that like she like the thing that wins the the natives over is like she gives them a flashlight <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like they're like oh we we need the flashlight yeah stupid natives um, but uh, the the thing that i really appreciated about this film is just how well the the special effects are actually integrated into live action shots yeah like um, that had to be so painstaking to do like when when mighty joe young is like he's there's a scene where basically these guys who are like I, I don't know if they're cattle ranchers or what what the hell they are but they're they're lassoing him to try to capture him and like he as they're riding by on their horses he's grabbing them and like throwing them and stuff but it looks flawless especially mm-hmm. i mean like for the time period it really does look flawless it had to be so incredibly difficult well to I, stage. oh yeah and and i mean like um that that was kind of harry and that that's a technique that harry would keep perfecting through his career but even at this young age like that roping sequence he he animated and so there would have to be a miniature rope that's on the on the uh on the joe puppet and then the live action rope that the guys on the horses are flying around and he would have to go frame by frame and make sure that they are lined up evenly and it really is seamless like i i i I caught myself like pausing it and like trying to see if i can see like where the two meet and i i couldn't for the life of me um and uh, he, he, that's a, a sequence that he kind of revisited in Valley of Guanji, and uh, that that again, it's it's incredible. And you know, he has to sync up the stop motion every time it's interacting with something in in, in a live environment. Like, I mean, for example, like you look at the the skeletons in Jason and the Argonauts, where there's all these skeletons fighting all these guys. They had to choreograph each actor. And then um, uh, yeah, each incredible. each puppet has to frame by frame be animated to be synchronized with this actor. So if a puppet skeleton's sword hits a real actor's sword, like they have to line up, and there's no margin for error. And I mean, yeah, no, the 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 guy was just incredible. And um, even even with with this movie being you know his first feature that he's doing most of the animation like it's incredible and 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 joe moves so smoothly he does Um, and i mean if if we're going to be talking about the effects right now i think uh the nightclub rampage is another one that you should really like anyone interested in stop motion should watch and study it's still one of the craziest like stop motion (laughs) things it really is because like when you see like you know when he's like on like that balcony and like he falls through it and there's all this like rubble like each little like brick or piece of like uh debris or whatever is animated too so like he's got to move the joe puppet and then he's got to move the each little like brick like frame by frame by frame and you know these bricks are like on these like like wires and and um I mean, that's something you see later in, like, Beast from 20,000 Fathoms or, like, Earth versus the Flying Saucers. Like, every time a building, like, like 
falls it's animated and he's got to animate each and every little piece of debris and you see that in this and you know it's in i mean both him and o'brien were experts at, at making these big apes come to life like both kong and joe there's so much expression in their faces and like you know they curl their eyebrows and you know their eyes like move and they blink and I mean, uh, it's just, there's a level of detail there that, I mean, I've seen plenty of other stop motion, like, uh, monster movies where, you know, they aren't as detailed in their movements. Um, And uh, if we're going to talk about Harryhausen, I mean, like, and this goes through his whole filmography is like, uh, he, he loved monsters and creatures and giant things and, um, so much that he didn't even like to call them monsters. He would just call them his his creatures. Um, but he always like gave them so much personality that I, I think a lot of stop motion animators, you know, would maybe overlook. Like in this, like Joe, anytime he's mad, he he punches the floor and and um, <laughs> and like like that. That's a trait that gives him more character. Um, and uh, I guess uh, I get. I, I was listening to an interview with his daughter, and she said that's actually something he would do, like when he was frustrated at, at his workbench. Is like he would like slam the the bench like in a similar motion. Um, but he he spent hours and hours and hours studying gorillas at the zoo. And um, it might sound silly, but it, it kind of goes back to what we were saying about you know the Godzilla suit actors, how seriously they took their their jobs. Um, but Ray, he even became a vegetarian for the filming of Mighty Joe Young to get like, I guess to, you know, because he was basically playing an ape through this puppet. The the, the puppet work, the puppetry work is, is, I mean, it really is a thing of beauty. Like I found, I found myself just completely mystified at how awesome it really was. And like, there's that scene early on in the film where they have the lion captured and like there's a there's a real lion and then they have to actually transition that lion to obviously a, a stop motion lion but it, it really is done so seamlessly because mighty joe young comes over and actually rescues or like he opens the, the cage and the lion jumps out or whatever but it's done so so seamlessly that like i honestly didn't notice mm-hmm. initially and the, the fact that it's so well done for like the, the basically 1949 um I don't know. My my mind was blown constantly through the movie. Plus, it's just it's a really fun and um, upbeat. I mean, like there there's like moments of like at the end you don't know if if he's gonna make it or not. But like the the the, the movie itself is just very upbeat and and as you mentioned, very innocent. And it's just uh, something I would recommend to anybody, whether they like you know the monster films or not. Like see this movie. Yeah. Um... Uh, it's also, um, worth mentioning, uh, you know, we've done a lot of talk about these early RKO, uh, movies. Um, now this was directed by the same director as King Kong and Son of Kong, uh, Ernest Shodsack, and it's worth noting that he was almost entirely blind, uh, when he directed this movie. Um, because, uh, I guess when he was in World War II, I think either like one, his face mask, it fell off or maybe he took it off, but he was flying in a plane and uh his mask fell off somehow and his eyes froze um and he went blind 
And so he he directed this movie by sound, mostly. Um, He did have some assistance, and every now and then uh, Cooper and even Willis O'Brien would step in and, you know, kind of help guide him. But he he directed this movie without being able to see a damn thing. That's incredible. (laughs) Um, uh, As far as the characters, like uh, Jill, um, you know, I mean, she's kind of got, has that Anne... And Kong 33, like, aw shucks, you know, kind of personality. But um, the, the real standout performance in here is Robert Armstrong as Max O'Hara. He's awesome. Um, he's, he's like, he's, he feels like if, if, if Carl Denham was just, like, on coke. Like, he's just, like, <laughs> a super hyper, like, like, nuttier version of Carl Denham who's, like, you know... Uh, I need a show. I'm going to go to Africa. And they're like, well, why? He's like, I just want to bring something back. And then, like, a random guy will walk by. He's like, should I go to Africa? It's like, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> um, but he's awesome. And uh, I was listening to the commentary by uh, with uh, Harry Housen and Terry Moore, who played Jill. And they were saying, like, <laughs> that's very much like how Marion C. Cooper was in real life. Just this kind of, like, larger-than-life, overly ambitious, like just super enthusiastic guy with like these crazy ideas that like just seemed impossible. Um, but no, he's awesome. He, he's also like sort of, a, he, he, he's, he's very much in it for himself, but by the end he's a redeemable character. Like he's, he's not nice per se. And yeah. He's he, taking advantage of people, but then like at the end he redeems it. So yeah, he, he kind of, um, you know, he, you start, like, you see, like, you know, he basically cons them into, you know, <laughs> that contract to get them to perform this show. But then, like, in the end, he, he you know, he, the the movie does a good job of making him more three-dimensional um, than, uh, I guess, a lot of, a lot of the characters that were in movies like this at the time. You know, a lot of the, you know, you look at a lot of sci-fi and monster movies and stuff from this era, and, you know, you you know, I don't know, to see someone that's that, like, morally, I guess, uh, ambiguous is is definitely an interesting thing for the time period. Um, and then uh, <clears throat> another thing I uh, that was funny, I, like I said, I was listening to the commentary, and there's a part where, uh, like, the, the moderator is like pointing out to Ray, he's like, I can see like little like wires that are holding Joe up on this tree. And then Ray's just like, you know, back then these movies were meant to be watched once. And I, I that's something that we, we typically forget when we see movies like any like Godzilla or whatever movies from this era is like, uh, you know, we, these movies really weren't seen very often. Um, which is so much different from now where like every frame of everything is like scrutinized. <laughs> yeah, I mean well, and that's true. Like typically speaking you're not going to notice for the most part unless like there's such a massive gaff in in like the finished product. You don't really notice uh mistakes or like stuff that's caught on film that shouldn't be there like your first time watching. At least I don't. I mean, unless it's blatantly obvious. Like I I watched uh Youngeri and like you have that one shot where like the jeep rolls by with with uh, an, an obvious extra wheel. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Like that's something I caught as a kid, but like unless it's that bad, I typically don't notice stuff that that's not supposed to be there. 
like the the scene with uh, Kong fighting the T Rex, like when there's that scene where Kong like rolls over his back, basically. Well, he's actually on a, like a um, like a little rod, but you you don't notice that if you're not paying attention for it. Hmm. Um. <clears throat> yeah, that's uh, also um, worth mentioning. That uh, the climax of the movie at one point uh, had Joe fighting uh, with another gorilla, um, and that was, um, uh, I guess, replaced with like the orphan scene. And uh, I guess Harryhausen preferred that because um, the, the the orphaned kids he thought was a little too, uh, I guess, sentimental. Interesting. Is there is there actually like is there footage of that that still exists? Uh, I don't think it was ever shot, but uh, there's some concept art I believe um, that O'Brien did. Uh, Where did they get the that, other gorilla from? That'd be so interesting. Yeah, yeah. Kind of take I don't know. like a harkening back to Kong versus uh, Prometheus or something. Yeah, um, yeah. They, man, these guys love their their big gorillas. Um, <laughs> Uh, but no, it's, uh, it's a great movie. I love the, <laughs> the, I, the guys, uh, that get them drunk crack me up. Dude, they're awesome. Cause they're, they're like 50. Like they're so much old, like there's no reason these guys need to be behaving this way. Yeah. They're, they're basically <laughs> like, they're basically your high school douchebag guys trying to get like a dog drunk or something. Yeah. Cause it's funny. Only they're like 50 years old <laughs> and like. And like they 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 get mad at Joe for like drinking their stuff, but like they keep giving it to him. It's just like, what's wrong with these guys? I also like how he burps, <laughs> like he has like the hiccups or whatever. When it's it's really funny. Yeah, um, one problem from the original King Kong that they did fix was uh, the fur on on Joe. Like in Kong, like with the stop motion, like the fur like moves all the time. Yeah. From like them going in and touching it all the time, but uh, I guess in this one I, I think it was unborn calf uh, fur that they put over Joe, and I guess like you know it didn't get ruffled as easily, so uh, you know the the animation is a little more smooth, and like the fur is not constantly like getting moved every time they pause and and go like do another movement. Um, so. Uh... <clears throat> how many uh i don't know what <laughs> what's a good what's a good scale for this one uh how many almost burning to death orphans <laughs> i don't oh man that's that's pretty bad uh how many drunken monkeys <laughs> <laughs> does it make you mad anytime you watch any of these and they call them call these these characters monkeys um because monkeys oh, are little are like the little primates with like the long tails that's a monkey yeah i, I know i mean like but, a chimp is like the thing but drunken the, monkey sounds better than drunken ape i feel like yeah for the scale but yeah man the, the, I, maybe it's just because i'm a planet of the apes fan and in that franchise like when people call them monkeys like they think of it as like derogatory because like monkeys are like of a lesser intelligence than chimps, and they're like, "No, we're apes, damn it!" You know, they're like that. Like saying "monkey" is like it's like a racist term in, in Planet of the Apes movie. So maybe that maybe that's why it bothers me. Oh my gosh! Uh, okay, think of a different scale then. How many like dead lions that were punched in the face? <laughs> okay, um, you know I really enjoy this movie. I think it's a lot of fun. 
Um, and I think it's it's a movie that you can watch if if you have a fan like a family like wife and kids. I think it's a movie that everyone can enjoy. Uh, and for a movie that's this old, um, it holds up. The effects are great. Uh, I mean, it's the beginning of an amazing career for Harryhausen. Uh, and um, yeah, it's it's just a really light, really fun, really breezy movie. Um, so I honestly, I, I'm going to go ahead and give it a four. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, I, I don't really have anything negative to say about it. I don't find it as, as good as something like King Kong. Um, but it's, it's a great film. It's fun. And, uh, um, yeah, I, oh, by the way, they, they did use King Kong's roar in this film, didn't they? Like I'm not, I wasn't like just hearing things. Uh, I'm it, sure it, it's, it sounded it, like it sounded like the same sound effect. To yeah, me. I, I'm sure it's in there. Um, uh, you know, those were all like real wrestlers that he fought in that part. <laughs> Which is, in that part's awesome. Yeah. Um, but no, it's, it's, it really is a, a great movie and, um, yeah, it, it's just a good movie. I think, I think you don't have to just be a fan of this stuff to, to enjoy it. So, um, uh, also, I, it is worth noting that um, finally, this movie is uh, the movie that made made uh, that uh, got Willis O'Brien uh, his Oscar for special effects. That's a crime against humanity. Yeah, it took this long. <laughs> um, it's a crime. Uh, but um, but no, it's it's awesome, and uh, um, it it I think it was a moderate success at the box office it didn't do as good as king kong that uh like uh, a lot of people like i think they were kind of expecting um uh but uh um it they were planning god i don't know what's up with these guys in tarzan but they were planning a, a mighty joe young meets tarzan movie um but it didn't do uh as well as they hoped so they they had canceled it um uh Anyway, over the years, though, through a lot of TV, like I said, Sci-Fi Channel and uh, stuff like Monster Vision in the 80s and 90s, it it did earn a a strong following. Um, And especially, you know, when Harryhausen got big, you know, a lot of people went and and uh, re-evaluated it. So um, everything wound up all right in the end. Uh, I think at this point, the movie is considered a, a classic and... Um, yeah, if you haven't watched it, uh, please, I mean, check it out. See it. Yeah, especially if you just want, like, a fun escape from, like, uh, the awfulness of existence right now, (laughs) (laughs) you know? (laughs) Um, anyway, uh, so we're gonna jump, um, a few decades to 1998, uh, the year of Emmerich's Godzilla. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's not the only uh, uh, big creature remake that came out that, ye- that year. Um, you know, that's also when Disney's Mighty Joe Young remake was released. Um, which uh, some people blame the negativity around 98 Godzilla for that one not being all that successful. But uh, anyway, um, so Disney had uh, 
gotten the rights to remake Mighty Joe Young. Um, and if anyone's going to remake a classic family film, uh, why not Disney? Yeah. Um, and uh, it was directed by Ron Underwood, who um, uh, is probably most well-known for uh, Tremors, um, which is awesome. Tremors is great. Um, uh, and uh, I don't know, he, he did some stuff here and there. I think nowadays he, he works in TV a lot. I think his movie career came to an unfortunate end with... Uh, that Eddie Murphy movie, The Adventures of Pluto Nash. It's like considered one of the biggest <laughs> bombs of all time. <laughs> well, the, the title, I mean, should have told you everything that you need to know about that movie. Um, but yeah, uh, Tremors is, is is probably his best and most well-known uh, movie. But uh, So he did Mighty Joe Young in 1998, um, starring uh, Bill Paxton and Charlize Theron. And, um, with, uh, a Joe suit that was a giant hydraulic powered, uh, mighty Joe Young, uh, made by Rick Baker, um, who at this point he'd done, done so many gorilla movies. Um, uh, he did gorillas in the mist, which if you haven't seen is a really good movie and he thought he had perfected that, but then, um, the offer for Mighty Joe Young came around, and he he said he he couldn't resist because a he loves the original movie, and b he was kind of uh, you know like we had talked about when we talked about Kong seventy six. He thought that that was kind of under his capabilities, so uh, he went ahead and agreed to do Mighty Joe Young um, for Disney. Now uh, I mentioned it, this is a Disney movie. Uh, and it is so much a Disney movie that <laughs> it, it, it just, you watch this movie, Disney's the hell out of you. Um, <laughs> I think you said Disney, your eyeballs out is what you told yeah, me. Yeah. This movie yeah. will Disney your eyeballs. Um, what does that mean? Uh, I'm not exactly sure, but like you think of like, okay, what's the stereotypical, like live action family Disney movie. And there's a lot of like really corny humor and a lot of like uh things that are just like really super kind of sappy and over sentimental um and you know but everything's okay in the end kind of thing and that's i mean that's mighty joe young um no i mean it's the same basic story uh but it's updated and actually i actually kind of think it was a good idea the way they updated it now jill is um Again, like living on a farm in Africa, but her mom and just because it's Disney and everything has to be super like emotional and <laughs> sentimental, not only does Jill's mom uh, get killed by poachers, but also little baby Joe's mom also gets killed by poachers. They, they both got Bambi'd at. <laughs> like, what's going on? Uh, baby Joe, played by Vern Troyer in an in a ape costume. <laughs> That's mini me for those of you who don't remember uh <laughs> the late Austin 90s. Powers. Yeah. Um and uh and so, you know, she's dedicated her life to, you know, raising Joe and, you know, being against poaching and the the movie's whole subplot is, you know, about poachers. The villain of this movie is like uh the poacher that killed Joe's mom and Strasser Strasser yeah, or something. Str- yeah. Strasser. He's even got a 
bad guy name. Um, <laughs> like baby Joe bit a couple of his fingers off and like, he's all pissed about it. So, um, and then, uh, you have Bill Paxton who, uh, works at like a wildlife preserve and he's in Africa and he's like trying to like save animals from poachers. And, you know, he's the one that convinces Jill and Joe to, to come and live at this preserve with him. Um, but then like these poachers get, a you know, wind of it and they, they're trying to, to get Joe. And that, that is the, your mighty Joe Young remake, um, in a nutshell, now, uh, I hadn't seen this movie in years, uh, and I believe this is probably the first time you saw it. So, Matt, I'm going to hand it to you um, to give your take on the 98 Disney's Mighty Joe Young. Uh, I, I did find myself mostly entertained by this film, and it does Disney the crap out of you for sure. Um, but what I, what I found... Just what drew me into this movie is is how awesome Rick Baker's work on the the suit, uh, the like the props or whatever this thing is. Like, it still looks great, and this film was made in '98, and it made me long for the days of practical effects again. I mean, like, the fact that this movie is now going on like 20 years old and still looks as good as it does, and there are very very few shots in this movie that I thought looked even off. Um, there are sequences like when they – so instead of in the first movie that you have like these cowboys that are trying to tie Joe up with like ropes and stuff, they use jeeps. And that entire sequence is, is awesome. Um, and you, you see this immense prop and it's just – it's really kind of uh, awe-inspiring. And it, it's just – it's one of those things where like it makes me sad that everything's gone to CG. Like I hate to be that guy, but it, it – Rick Baker's work is so incredible in this film that, like, I really wish. Uh, could you imagine Toho with a, a budget of fifty million or like ninety million dollars? <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine what they could do? Yeah. Um, but it, it, his work in this in this movie is absolutely incredible, and the story it is updated. I do enjoy most of it. Um, it is a little corny at times. My my favorite line in the movie is a one liner. It's this black guy that says "fat." <laughs> Remember the 90s word fat? <laughs> yeah, P-H-A-T. Yeah, man. Uh, that's that's like the 90s thing this movie could have done. <laughs> and there's like a lot of cheesy uh, cheesy lines like that. And, and um, these like stupid Valley Girls, Joe like moves their Jeep out of the way and they all start giggling about yeah. it. Like there's I remember like that, that part from the trailer. <laughs> yeah, that was. I do remember the trailer quite well. And then like Joe beats the crap out of this uh, – car and like sits on it i remember that from the trailer as well yeah I, I feel like that was a trailer that i that's i feel like that was one of those trailers that was in front of like every movie i saw <laughs> so i feel like i saw the trailer like a hundred times yeah J- joe is very charming in this film um I, I don't know like i don't really have anything bad to say except like it is a little overly sappy and instead and they, they replaced the orphanage with a Ferris wheel, which is fine. Like I don't see that being a big deal. Yeah. He saves a kid. Yeah, Matt, you're a sappy bastard. What? Like, did this movie like make you cry? Like for <laughs> seven years? I mean, like I, I, I did have like an emotional t- like attachment to to Joe at the end, but like, I, like like you said, like there, there's some of that really bad '90s humor and Bill Paxton's being all Bill Paxtony. Oh yeah, he's he's pretty Bill Paxtony in this. He's not quite aliens Paxton, but I mean, that's my favorite Bill Paxton. I think. Oh yeah. I, I, <laughs> um, 
but I don't know. I, I don't, like I said, I don't have uh, – my thoughts are very jumbled right now because it's going on 2 in the morning. This is our third podcast, for those who don't know, in a row. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Um, but the, the best thing I can tell you about this film is, is the special effects work really is incredible. It is. I don't know. I feel like this was like the last, you know, kind of like big creature movie that that was more mostly practical uh, that I remember coming out of Hollywood. And it, it really is kind of like, you know, I mean, there the like this giant hydraulic Joe that under there is someone, you know. But it's awesome. The way it moves, like it has so many facial expressions, like uh it it doesn't feel fake in the slightest. Nope. Um and uh yeah, I mean it's it's just amazing. Um and, Can you th- think about Godzilla ninety eight and how bad the CG is now? Yeah. You compare that to this. Like yeah. there's there's no comparison. This movie does have, like, it has a few scenes that have, like, some early CG that doesn't quite hold up. But, you know, most of it is, you know, this amazing-looking practical Mighty Joe Young. And, um, yeah, it's it's astounding. Like, I I was very surprised at how well the practical effects held up in this. Um, uh, And... uh, what'd you think of like the bad guy like where what was up with like where he lived (laughs) he like ran some like the one thing i thought was kind of stupid is like they were selling apparently there's a black market for animal organs (laughs) (laughs) yeah the organs sell like i know obviously like the tusks and like the the teeth and like you know stuff like that but But they're like like, talking about like selling like arms and crap like (laughs) Like people, like, what is going on in this movie yeah, where they're going to, like, chop Yeah, chop who are they Joe selling Young this stuff? And... Are they selling this stuff to Dr. Frankenstein? What? Yeah, I don't... Like, who's buying this crap from you, dude? <laughs> like, that was the kind of stuff that's... It, it does feel very 90s and kind of hokey and... Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, this, this like, the, the main villain has this, like... He's running a what he refers to as a conservatory. That's actually a uh, he's basically bringing in animals to sell them on the black market for their organs and have them chopped up in pieces. Yeah, that's what he does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's never really said why. Hey, he gets he gets money, man. That's but like, can he just get like a a regular job? I don't know. I don't know. This guy, I don't know. This guy's too, uh, he's too dastardly to, to get a regular job. Like, this is the guy that you would probably meet for two seconds and be like, this guy's a supervillain. Yeah, like, how does uh, Charlie's character, like, not realize, like... <laughs> oh, dude, I'm like, looking oh. at that guy's filmography. He was the nice coat guy in Batman Begins. Oh, that's who that was? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I know I've seen him in a in some. Uh, he's actually in several movies. I just I couldn't place him like what where I've seen him at. But like, you know, whenever a guy has like this weird like what sounds like a Russian accent and he has that like crazy looking goatee thing, you you know he's an evil bastard. Like oh, that's yeah. what that's how all '90s movies are. <laughs> you should know better already. This is how we've. This is this is the plot line for every movie. Um, <laughs> there's a part where like <laughs> near the end where his partner like quits like for no reason <laughs> like yeah he suddenly grows a conscience yeah he's like wait 
I, you can't kill him. I, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what? What's what just happened? Yeah, and but instead of like, instead of instead of uh, him like Straster killing his partner, which is what I thought he was gonna do, he just like knocks him out. I'm like, come on, Disney, grow some balls. Dude, I couldn't, be- <laughs> I couldn't believe like Strasser gets like. He gets like, oh, like sh- <laughs> yeah. He, he like get, does he get shot first? Like, no. He he gets mighty Joe Young basically like throws him like punches him or like grabs him like throws him. Yeah, he like throws him into like a electric fence thing yeah, or he, like the uh, <laughs> power generator. Yeah, gener- <laughs> he gets like electrocuted to death. It's like whoa, <laughs> what the hell? Um, uh, but yeah. <laughs> Oh, they they raise money at the end of the movie by like people giving them what amounts to probably five dollars and change. Like, everybody starts giving yeah. them money at the end because this little kid's like, "Here, Joe, take my money so you can have a place to live." And yeah, then everybody he's, he's does. Sa- it. He saves that kid, and then like everyone in like the crowd like uh, like give gives gives them like just like their ch- spare change and they use it to like go back to Africa and re- open up like a whole like nature preserve. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know it says later on the like there it's implied that they basically got a ton more donations or something probably because the, the news or whatever, but it's just like, man, Disney, you really Disney. this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, they really wanted to. They wanted to tug on those heartstrings, man. They want. They wanted to tug on them so hard they'd, they'd kill you. <laughs> it's like I. Jeez. Their uh, goal was to make you cry. Like that's what they wanted to do with. Oh this yeah, movie. dude. Like, yeah. That that's like all they had in mind. They're um, like nobody's cried hard enough since Lion King. Damn it, we need you to cry. <laughs> uh, oh, here's a fun piece of trivia. The cinematographer. Uh, suffered head injuries, a broken leg, and broken ribs due to a crane accident. There are multiple people hurt on this film, I think. Yeah, and I guess they all <laughs> sued the crane company and won in the year 2000. Yeah, man, got to watch out for those cranes. There, there, like like I said, man, the, the biggest takeaway for me is, is just still how awesome the practical effects were. Oh, yeah, yeah, same I, and, here. And, and it's just – it makes me sad, like – I long. I wish we could get back to doing using CGI when you can't use practical because there's definitely areas where like CG needs to be used. Yeah. But then also using practical when it can be used because I still think it looks better in most shots. Yeah, like there's definitely things that I definitely think need to be CG. Like CGI gave us the first uh, the first good like cinematic version of like the Hulk and. You know, like there are some things like like Rocket Raccoon. I, you know, I don't, I, I don't, wouldn't, I don't think you could do a, a practical Rocket Raccoon. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I just think it's I, I, CG. Like anything else, there's good CG, there's bad CG, and there's a time and a place for it. Just like there's a time and a place for like the Tokusatsu man in suits and miniatures. There's a time and a place for stop motion, like. I just think it's the reliance on CG that that is. Um, you well, know. It, one of the biggest offenders is like the the old like the Marvel Spider-Man films and like some of the hokey physics of the action. Like, <laughs> I, I, just thinking about how some like something should behave, or like the Matrix movies. Good God, those movies. 
looks so bad now sometimes. Like, it looks like a PlayStation movie at times. Yeah. Um, and, and I just, like I said, I just wish that movie studios could be less reliant on CG and go more like the Fury Road route. Where, oh, of course, that was basically all. I think it was all, almost all practical, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. But it was, it was a <laughs> lot of practical. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Like, I, and that's why I, I do appreciate directors. Like, um, you have like Guillermo del Toro, and uh, like um, uh, even like J.J. Abrams. Like, those are guys that really do want to use practical kind of as much as possible. Um, but then you have other guys, you know, like, um, like look at a movie like Avatar where everything is CG, you know, and it's, it's just at a certain point it becomes too much. And, you know, looking at a movie like this, you're able to see how much really is able to get done, um, without using CG. And it just makes a more interesting, uh, cinematic experience really when, you do see effects and you and you wonder wow how did they do that whereas cg effects you look at it and you say oh they did that with cgi i like when the special effects kind of leave me like geez how did they do that and even if you look at like the original mighty joe young of course it's stop motion of course you can tell it's stop motion but just looking at like that lasso sequence and being like wow how did they make it like so seamless like that's that's what I like in special effects is when I'm legitimately like, wow, how did they do that? Um, yeah, we we knock on the oh I've knocked on the Transformers <laughs> movies every, a lot. I mean, everyone should knock on. The well, the, one one of the reasons I do though is because like it's always it's always the same ridiculous color palette. It's always like they have this weird obtuse you know shiny. Um, it, it, every time I see it, I know I'm seeing something that is absurdly fake. And very rarely are there scenes in that in in those movies that make me think like, wow, that was an incredible special effect shot. Like this entire movie, I was like marveling at how awesome Joe looked. Like, holy crap! How how do they make this happen? And that's what I want to feel. That's what I feel from the Godzilla films. Like knowing that these are like these are literally men in suits and seeing some of the matte shots and the composite shots that they. They pulled off like in the 1960s, especially like th- that sort of mystique and that sort of vibe is what I lo- love to see in movies that I just feel you don't get a lot from many CG movies. Now, may- I mean, the-, the closest thing I can think of might be you talked about Avatar. Avatar was also shot, I think, primarily in 3D. So that's a little different. But most of the CG stuff we see now, it's it's it doesn't have that feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I'm I'm with you there. Um, it's I don't know. It's it's kind of unfortunate that it's just become like the the go to. You know, I mean, I I'm not. Is, a is it because of cost? Like, is, is that is that? Yeah, the main it's because of cost. And I know, like, one thing that annoys me as someone that watches a lot of horror movies is uh, CGI blood. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, then but why, why do you watch The Walking Dead? <laughs> <laughs> well, The Walking Dead has great makeup effects it does it does i mean i guess i'll give it i'll give it that also you know spoiler alert that i, I ruined <laughs> yeah thanks <laughs> um but like uh but like you know but i understand why like uh you know tom savini who was like one of the best makeup special effects makeup people of all time was saying you know the thing with cg blood 
is like if if you have like a squib and someone's supposed to get shot and blood's supposed to like spray everywhere if you do it practically and it's it messes up you have to clean up and then you have to go and like you have to you know redo the whole thing and it's just so many more hours and hours and hours and hours whereas with cgi blood you can just be like boom bop boop there cg blood there it is you know so i understand on a time and money level why but it's like the, the end product doesn't pay off as well and it suffers for it i feel like uh movies um, like for, for movies, especially, um, you should do the, to me, like something like that, you should lean more practical, Yeah. but I get maybe for like a show, especially for something like where literally blood is, you know, spurting out every episode from zombies and stuff. I could see it more there. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, oh, did you, did you catch, uh, the Ray Harryhausen cameo? I, I did not actually. Oh, what's wrong with you, man? I'm I'm dumb. Oh, I I just want to say I, I was going to mention earlier. I ruined the season premiere of Walking Dead for Bird. That's what I was alluding to earlier. Yeah, I'm, I'm stupid. We talked about that in another episode, but I, I I spoiled it for him. This is true. Um. Uh. Anyway, Harryhausen shows up in the uh, like uh. Well, I guess I guess the the replacement for the the nightclub scene is joe kind of runs wild at this like benefit yeah and uh it's instead of like being like they make him drunk it's like the poachers show up and like rile him up um and uh harryhausen shows up uh in that scene uh with uh terry moore who was jill in the uh original movie yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, like why they're not? they're like the the old uh the old couple or whatever, right? Older couple that yeah, they like yeah, have like yeah. yeah, okay. Now I remember that. Yeah, like um like I guess the joke, the in joke is like she says like uh she reminds me of someone and then Ray says you and you were yeah, her yeah, age yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um so uh there's that um it's uh it's a respectful remake i think uh the 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 way they updated the story um for the time period you know i mean it's it's not as simplistic as you know the original um but that's part of, and you know it's not quite as like naive as an innocent is the original, which is, you know, for me, that's part of the charm of the original. But, uh, you know, I'm, obviously, you're making a movie in 98. It, it can't have the same, you know, it can't be like the a, a movie that was in 49 where, you know, just things just aren't the same whatsoever. No, um, no, no. Overall, I mean, it, it's competently made. Um, you know, the, the the performances are decent enough. Uh, Charlize Theron is is really hot as always, <laughs> um, and that Rick Baker, Mighty Joe Young, is incredible. Uh, but you know, the 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 sappy Disneyness of it is it's really not my personal cup of tea. So it's probably not something I, I you know like watch a it's whole just, lot. It's really played up, is what yeah, it is. It, it, but it it is like a. It's 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 a family movie, like, in a way that, you know, 
it, it this is like when I say the original is a family movie, it's like okay, that's just a movie that a family can enjoy together. This is a movie that's made to be for families. Um, so I mean, if if like I mean, I have an eight year old niece. I feel like if I sat down and watched this with her, this is probably the kind of thing she would eat up, and I would probably get more enjoyment like if I was watching it with her. But yeah, I mean, as a thirty-one-year-old man, I don't, you know, there's not much I get out of it other than like the the great effects. But that's not the movie's fault. That's just you know, it it doesn't fit my personal tastes as much as the original. Um, so, uh, how many? Um, you know what? I'll, I'll just say, how many Bill Paxtons do you give this out of five? <laughs> I think that's a great Bill, Bill Paxton scale. Man, that's awesome. Um, you should just rate everything on Bill pa- in Bill Paxton. Yeah. How many Bill Paxtons would we give this? Uh, so if if I was just evaluating the special effects, man, that would be different. But it, it's not. Um, I would give this like a two and a half. You I know what? I was going to say. Two and a half to three. Yeah. Two and I, half to three. I give this a two and a half, but not like a bad two and a half. It's a two and a half in the... You know, it's okay, but it's not really my my kind of thing. And, you know, if if you have like uh like I would say like 6 to 10 year old kids, I think like this this would play really well. Um but for me personally, it's it's a two and a half. There's not really much wrong with it. It's just, you know, the over the overly sappy Disney uh, Disney to hell version of Mighty Joe Young. It 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 doesn't do it for me like the original does. Um, but it's you know it's a respectful remake, and um, you know I wouldn't tell someone not to check it out. I would say if you have kids, check it out for sure. I would say check it out on the basis that the special effects are amazing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean if you're really into practical effects and uh, um, like animatronics and suit uh, effects, like. Yeah, it's definitely worth watching on on those grounds. Um, But yeah, uh, so uh, that is uh, Mighty Joe Young, uh, the spiritual baby brother to King Kong. Um, uh, You know, that's that. You know, he's he's just got those two movies. Um, But you know, they're 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 worth checking out. I think so. Um, anything you want to add to, uh, Mighty Joe? Uh, watch the original if you haven't seen it. It's worth your time. Yeah, the original's awesome. Um, all right, well, we will see you next time. Um, so, uh, bye, I guess. (laughs) See ya. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.